Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Therese Crow, novelist and speaker. There's a problem in self-publishing that I see a lot of. Do tell. (laughs) And it kind of drives me up a wall. So we're all familiar with the newbie writer who has written a book that is 250,000 words long. Mm -hmm. And they insist that there is nothing that can be cut from it. It is all important. Very familiar with this person. And the vast majority of us recognize, yeah, cute, but no. Right. Like that's just either it needs to be split up or you are on too many side quests, honey, and it should not be happening. So that one's, that one's easy to see. Yeah. What's not as easy to see is when people overwrite in other areas of their writing and they just need less. Sometimes more is more, but sometimes less is more. So I wanted to talk with you about when you should be writing less. Mm, I love it. When I was outlining this, what I came up with as a general rule was if this is information or if this is content that is going to be available to a possible reader for free, you're not charging for it, it needs to be short. It needs to be quippy. And it basically just needs to be a hook. So I want to dive into a couple of the places where you need to just take a machete to what you currently have and cut it down to the bare minimum of what needs to be there. Yeah. First of all, and I've talked about this one before, your Amazon page. I can't tell you how strong the correlation is between books that don't sell well and books that have an eight-paragraph blurb trying to sell you on the book. (laughs) They go hand in hand. Right. Because that's not the purpose of that. With all due respect, and I know that this could sound harsh, but those people who have just, they like your title, they like your cover, they've clicked on your link, and then they get hit with this wall of information. It's just Mm -hmm. like, nope turning that off because they don't care about you yet. They just don't. They don't care about you. They don't care about your book, your characters, none of it because they just don't have that kind of time. So I went on Amazon and I looked up a couple of my favorite books. I looked up the book that I'm rereading right now and it was a solid paragraph for the blurb, but it was only five sentences Mm -hmm. and every single word in those five sentences counted, but it followed what it needed to do. In this case, it's a young adult fantasy book. Surprise, surprise. Um, And it gave us who our main character is. It told us what the problem was. It told us what's at stake. Mm -hmm. And that's really all you need. Yeah. And that can look different for different genres. You know, you might want to tease at your immersive fantasy setting. You can include that characters have an inner conflict that conflicts with their outward goal. You know, and everybody loves a romance where they start out as foes, thinking of like the Hallmark movies where she's a, you know, she's a high powered boss babe from the city and he's a small town guy who owns a florist shop, you know, and they don't get along or whatever it is. Or um, 
like a bizarre murder that no one can solve. Hooks are all you need to do in that blurb. You do not need to detail the three-act structure of your book. You don't need to tell us about the main character and the important side characters. We absolutely do not need to know the rules of your magical realm or how magic works there. Right. Um, At least not the detailed ins and outs. So this book that I'm reading has a something called Gracelings. They have different colored eyes and that means they have a special ability. That's it. We don't need the top 10, you know, Gracelings in the realm and what their abilities are and how it's affected people. It's too much. I remember back in the day with Amazon, it was hard to get your page formatted the way you wanted. And many times you'd Mm -hmm. upload your book Mm -hmm. and it would just be like this huge block paragraph and all of your special stuff would be gone. Like Like a terms and conditions, just bam. Terrible. And you couldn't do anything to change it. And nowadays authors have so much more control over how it Mm -hmm. reads, if it's stylized, if it's bolded, if there's italics, like you have these tools at your disposal, use them. Right. Use them. But at the same time, I agree. Get that thing as short as, as you possibly can. Yep. This also applies to your back cover blurb. Mm-hmm. A lot of what you're going to do with your Amazon blurb is going to be very similar to that back cover blurb. And really, if you've got one written, you either need to just pare down your back cover blurb to the bare essentials, or you need to fluff out and add a little more content and um, conflict to that Amazon blurb. And they're very, they really should go hand in hand with each other. And so if you're not sure how to do that, I'd encourage you to go to your bookshelf, pull out some of your favorite books in the genre that you write, especially if they've been written in the last 10 years and study them. I mean, literally lay them out side by side and take a critical eye to them and look, oh, there is a structure to this. There's a way that this is set out and put together. There's a way that characters are introduced. There's a way that explains the world, the conflict, what's at stake. And then the big, how are they going to do it at the end? You know, Mm -hmm. you can research how to put it together and it doesn't need to be this, well, I've got to make my font like a size eight because that's the only way to fit my synopsis onto my back cover. Should not be a synopsis. No. no. I know with publishing houses, they have very strict word counts. For oh, yeah. Back cover books. They absolutely go over. And with nonfiction, the main thing is you want to present the problem and then you want to present the solution in a way. Like you don't, again, you don't give away the goods. Right. But you want to set up, here's the issue that this book is going to try to solve, or here's the information that you're seeking. And then here's how this book is going to help you hit that resolution. Right. So to summarize, a wall of copy is not going to be read by anyone and they will walk away from it and pick something that is easier to digest and simply more interesting. The next one, you're going to love this, Amanda. Submitting to an agent. (laughs) Seriously, you guys, short and sweet is going to make it a lot easier for that agent to look at your proposal sooner and actually want to look at it and reply. Even if you're writing nonfiction, you know, that kind of self-help, I went through this difficult thing, I've got the unique answer for other people, and I'm going to help them get through this difficult thing too. In that initial email, the agent does not need your eight paragraph story of how this thing happened and what you went through it and how, how, what, what got you through? No, no, 
maybe maybe one paragraph, a couple sentences, give us a nice little summary. This is what I went through. This is how I got through it. I describe this in more detail in the book. <laughs> Bam. Because, and I, I don't say this to be mean, but realistic, especially if this is not an agent that you have communication with, that you have met at a conference, that you have any kind of connection to. If this is just, you know, a cold call, essentially, politely, this agent does not care about you. Yeah. Not yet. That does not, that's not to say that they never will or that they won't get there. But right now, nobody has the emotional bandwidth for that and be productive in their day. It's just not doable. Right. Pretty much every query letter, I read the first paragraph and the last. I skip everything in the middle because that does not matter as much as the first paragraph, which is usually why they're talking to me, why they chose me. And it Mm -hmm. has like the very basic information of their book idea. And then the last paragraph is usually who they are and why they matter. Right. And if those two things don't check my boxes, I'm not going to keep reading. So you really just need, you don't, you don't need to give the in-depth info to the agent Mm -hmm. when you're just pitching your project, keep it to the minimum and let the proposal do the rest of the talking. Yeah. And ditto for reaching out to publishers, especially if you're reaching out to a smaller house and you don't have an agent and it's just you and the publisher that you want to work a deal with. They also don't need that eight paragraph life story. It's just, nobody's got the time for that. You know? No. Yeah. Not the life story. Give them something that they can use in their sales meeting. Like give them, right. If you're going to give them a lot of content, give them something they can use to move your book forward. Don't have it be this. Yeah. Eight paragraphs of what caused you to write about whatever topic it is that you're writing about. This next one, I do want to add a little caveat too, because it's not like you can never include a lot of words with this one. And that is social media updates on your book. If you are announcing a new release date, a new cover, if you've got an update for your readers that they want to know about, that information needs to be short and sweet. It needs to be easily accessible, easily read. And if you want to give the story behind the story, there's a way to do that, Mm -hmm. but it is not before that information is given. You could link to your blog. If you're doing a blog post, you could do a separate post. If you want to include larger amounts of information, the story behind the story, don't bury the most relevant information either after it or just peppered throughout. Yeah. Because that is so frustrating. Yeah. Like everybody these days gets recipes off the internet, right? And we're all just super annoyed that we have to scroll on our screen six or seven times to actually get to the recipe because everything is like an in-depth discussion. I don't need to be taught how to julienne a green pepper. I can do that myself. And so your readers are the same way with your stuff. You know, some of them are going to be interested in that additional Easter egg content that you've got. And some of them are not. But if they all want to buy your book, you need to make sure that they immediately have at their disposal the information they need to purchase your book. This past summer, I did an interview on the podcast with one of my authors, Heather Thompson Day, and she is like the master of that like uh, micro blogging that you can do on Facebook where you give Mm -hmm. more a lot of information in a post. But I've noticed lately she has mastered the art of boiling things down to like three simple lines. Mm-hmm. And so instead of needing those long entries, it's just now this like caption that can fit in an Instagram picture 
yep. post. Yep. Like it, and it's just, she's, and she says it all boils down to that first line. The first line is everything. It yep. determines if the readers are going to stick with you to the end or not. That's just something to keep in mind if you're into that like microblogging approach. But I agree a million percent. Don't bury the important information in your posts or put it at the end. Make sure that it's right. front and center. Right. Yeah. Those kind of posts are not the place to <laughs> immediately worry. display your voice or what someone can expect from your writing. It's not that kind of writing. Yeah. And this this one, this last one, verges on craft which i know we don't normally do but there is a more and more popular trend to do your amazon blurb and then the accolades that you have for it maybe some other information and then farther down the page it's just a copy paste of essentially your prologue maybe if you have one and your first chapter hmm. your entire first chapter me personally i don't like it i don't read it um but it's got to be there for a reason. There's got to be a reason that big publishers are doing it. And it's probably because it does help sell the book in some way. In the book I'm currently reading, I have to say, which was written eight years ago, chapter one is not, it's just not a great chapter to have on that page. If you intend to include that content on your page, you should not have a 20 page chapter one, which mm -hmm. is essentially what this author did. And it was not a particularly interesting chapter one. Right. Uh, the prologue was amazing. The prologue was great. It was interesting. Um, it gave us everything that would have told you, are you going to finish this book or not? Yeah, I got to know how this all turned out. And then chapter one was just applying the brakes. So just be aware that when you're giving away content, the pretty much the entire purpose of giving away content is to hook a reader so that eventually they will want to buy your stuff. Hmm. Um, so that doesn't mean that your first chapter has to be tiny, but you do have to apply an editorial eye to that if you know that it's not just in the book, it's also going to be on an online page. I was working on a book project. It was the, it's, a, it's this cookbook that I'm working on that's going to be releasing in May. And one of the conversations was, okay, which spreads do we include on the preview for sellers? And mm -hmm. again, it was like, it has to be the right snapshot of an image with text with, you know, all of these things so that it can give the right feel for the book. Because right. just like you just explained, if chapter one, or if the preview doesn't echo the rest of the product, mm -hmm. well, that there, there's a problem there. Exactly. Well, I liked this list of when and how and why to write less. I think as writers, it's easy for us to be very long-winded and for sure. us to just assume that if I write this entire letter long thing that everyone's going to read it. But the unfortunate reality is people don't read that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, unless they're, you know, sitting down with a book and getting into the book, then they will usually read all of the mm -hmm. stuff. So good things to keep in mind as we are 
self-editing while we promote ourselves and pitch ourselves and do all the things in between. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gate Crashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. Simply use our link, paypal.me slash gatecrashers, or log into PayPal and search us using our username, which is at gatecrashers. And be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode.